Welcome to Community Cocktails with Kimberly, hosted by Kimberly Woodard, a realtor for nearly 20 years with Ebby Halliday Realtors. Join her every first and third Wednesday of the month as she meets with the top community influencers to help you get to know the area you want to call home. Don't just love your home, love your community. And now, your host, Kimberly Woodard. Hi, viewers. Welcome to Community Cocktails with Kimberly. And today is St. Patrick's Day. Yay! Um, what a fun um, day it is and it's something to celebrate. And I know we are all you know, gravitating, looking for a reason to celebrate. Um, and today I have Rachel Gaffney here. She's with Real Ireland and she's created this wonderful um, lifestyle brand. And I thought she would be a fantastic guest to have to talk not just about St. Patrick's Day and traditions, but about Ireland. So you're going to be fully educated on this segment. Welcome. Thanks, Kimberly. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming. And um, so I thought, you know, we'll start talking about St. Patrick's Day because mm -hmm. it is St. Patrick's Day. And I thought this was an interesting thing. So let's talk about, you know, I have green on and you have blue. I do. And um, there's a reason for these two colors. <laughs> there absolutely is. There is, Kimberly. Um, now, whilst we all know that green, everybody wears green on St. Patrick's Day and we see green everywhere. What really happened was um, people sort of maybe centuries ago, not centuries ago, but uh, decades ago anyway, certainly when they emigrated to the United States, uh, people missed Ireland and they missed the, the typical 40 shades of green. And so there was that association with green and missing how green Ireland was. And so green is now associated with Ireland, which is great. The actual official color for Ireland is blue and it is this blue. And what actually happened was when King Henry VIII split from the Catholic Church, it was known as the Reformation of the Church. At the time, he was King of Ireland. And the flag for Ireland was this color blue, okay. and it had the golden harp on it. So that was the official flag for Ireland. Oh, wow. um, the president of Ireland, who lives in Oris and Uchthron, which mm -hmm. is our president's White House in Dublin, um, outside the um, Oris and Uchthron flies the presidential flag, which is also blue. St. Patrick himself was known to be more, his robes were probably this blue, which is a more of a medieval color rather than the green. So that's where that blue comes from. And wow. that's why I actually have this color blue in my logo for my company, Rachel Gaffney's Real <laughs> Ireland. And of course, I love it too. Well, I love it. I thought, you know, because you know, of green and we always think of green, always associate. But when I found out about the blue, I was like, it was a new fact. So now everyone has a new fact today. <laughs> yeah. And keep wearing the green, by the way. I'm not trying to be here to to um, sort of crush anybody's fun or, no, or, no, or no. anything for St. Patrick's no, Day. It's just a fun fact. To, so now you have on your trivia pursuit when you're playing, <laughs> you, know, you have their actual answer. <laughs> well, uh, let's also talk about some of the, you know, we, you know, was here for St. Patrick's Day, there's so many um, things that people think of, of traditional foods, um, mm -hmm. you know, things to do. Um, but I like, you know, I like to hear from you on what are really the Irish traditions? What are, you know, we've got the American ones, okay. but what are, what are the Irish ones? So first of all, um, March 17th is um, obviously St. Patrick's Day, which celebrates or is known as his feast day. So that was the day of his death. Okay. So he died on March 17th. Um, now, with St. Patrick, um, it's it's known as a holy day of obligation in Ireland. So when I was growing up, you didn't go to school. You know, okay. you didn't. It was a national holiday, so okay. you, you didn't go to school. Companies were closed, businesses were closed, and we had parades. They weren't on the grand scale that they are over here, but they were still parades. Mm -hmm. um, 
the association with corned beef and cabbage is a big one over here. Yes. And I want to tell you, share with you, um, again, if you're making corned beef and cabbage, go for it. I'm not here to knock it. <laughs> um, corned beef and cabbage was not typically Irish. What happened is we ate and still do eat a lot of ham. And I'm talking about a whole piece of ham that might be boiled or put up with cloves and then baked in the oven, just like your honey baked hams. And things. Okay. But when Irish people emigrated to the United States back in post-famine 1840s, and later into the 1870s, they would want to use a ham. Now, when they were in New York, they couldn't afford a ham. At the time, the Jewish community would do uh, use an awful lot of beef and they would do what's known as brining or pickling or preserving or known as corning. So when you corn beef, it's corning of the beef, it's preserving it in salt and water or brining. So what happened was the Irish had their cabbage and their potatoes and they couldn't afford the ham. So they borrowed the Jewish tradition of corning beef. And so they, because they could afford that, so it was corned beef and cabbage. And that began the kind of Irish American tradition of corned beef and cabbage. So they used their resources and came up with a new dish. <laughs> and then of course, the other one is soda bread. Everybody goes on about soda bread. An authentic Irish soda bread does not have raisins and caraway seeds. Okay. That is sweet. You would have that as a tea loaf or something. Uh, now, before I have the world and its mother writing into you and to me about their family traditions for their sweet soda breads and how you can buy uh, soda breads with raisins, they are indeed delicious and there's nothing wrong with them. I just want you to know that the original authentic Irish soda bread was made with only two, three very simple ingredients, whole wheat flour, buttermilk and baking soda. That's it. And I make it all the time and I have recipes if you want one, yes. but um, it takes three seconds to make. Uh, it's soda bread, it's flour, a well in the center with uh, baking soda and buttermilk, and you bake it for 40 minutes and it's done. Now your variations, you can add, I use chives and jalapenos because I'm in Texas and grated cheese yes. and all sorts of wonderful things. I do rosemary and um, rosemary and chopped cranberries. You can do all that, but it was a peasant bread. And then um, people started adding other things and it was a sort of a status symbol if you threw a few raisins in there because it, fruit, dried fruit back then was a luxury item. So they were imported. So people didn't have money to put fruits in their bread. But if you had a few raisins in your bread, it was the equivalent to having a Mercedes outside your door, a Rolex, because you were somebody if you could have some raisins in your bread. <laughs> wow. Or somebody special was coming for tea. Or it was, you know, it started, that was, you know, then. And then it became more popular and then people started adding things to it. But the original staple soda bread is made with flour, buttermilk and baking soda. And the reason being is the baking soda and the buttermilk interact together because we didn't have yeast and that's what causes it to rise. Very interesting. Well, I, another fun fact. I love that. <laughs> like I said, I'm great for Game of Trivial Pursuit <laughs> if it's an Irish edition only because I know nothing about nothing. Well, I know. Well, and I love that, you know, you know, adding the the reason for the adding was more of a status symbol versus, you know, just because it was, you know, kind of to say, hey, I'm important, so I can afford to, you know, um, mm -hmm. it was their flash, it was their flashiness. Yeah, that's what it says. <laughs> well, and, you know, those are such fun things. Now, I have a, you know, my question is, is there anything else, you know, we talked about parades, anything else the families um, do um, to celebrate St. Patrick's Day that, you know, maybe we wouldn't have, you know, thought of um, any traditions, you know, you know, because, you know, Christmas, um, Hanukkah, we have some, you know, different traditions, games, things like that. Mm -hmm. that maybe, is there anything like that? 
it was not it was not um, mired in it, we didn't have games and all that because remember it's a solemn occasion right. um now of course you have rivers being dyed green and people celebrating their heritage over here which again is great but for me growing up it was a, meant to be a holy day of obligation so you went to church you went to mass you had the day off school um banks were closed it was known as a bank holiday uh, but one of the things we always did and still do is um wore fresh shamrock on our lapels ah. now here's something interesting yes. uh, that your viewers may not know um about shamrock a lot of people don't realize, especially here in Texas, you can buy shamrock in a garden center. And I decorate for St. Patrick's Day in my house. I make arrangements out of fresh shamrock. So I'll go to somewhere like, sorry, I'm just going to say it, Callaway's Nursery yeah. or somewhere like that. And I'll buy just, you can buy little individual fresh shamrocks. And I plant them on my flower bed in the patio and they'll stay all year round. I've had my shamrock growing for years oh, um, but I'll put them in a little uh, a bowl on the table I have some driftwood yes and I do mine with some moss and some fresh shamrock I put some uh, soil into yes. it and then some moss and some shamrock and there's my table arrangement oh, and it looks so, so good oh, beautiful. and it's easy to buy here in Texas yeah. and it grows all year round you can throw it back in the garden when you're done Very think about cool. decorating with shamrock there would not have thought about that I love driftwood um, one of my girlfriends, um, Justine, if you're listening, this is all of her alley. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes. She decorates her girls. Uh, she loves herself, so her driftwood. So yeah, that, I can see um, her having to display um, for St. Patrick's Day on her table. Well, let's throw down the challenge. Let's see if yes. she does a nice display for us. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm going to tell her that she's going to have to put and do a display and post yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'd love to hear from people like you. I'd love to hear how people decorate their houses. If they do for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, I think, you know, I think it kind of depends. I mean, in the last couple of years, a lot of the festivities, you know, that they would we saw because of COVID yes. um, were canceled um, and people just, just love to celebrate, you yeah. know, they yeah. love to go, they drank their green beer. I don't, I'm scared to say that. <laughs> It's all right. It's okay. But I'm not here to rain in anybody's parade. I just I, want the other I, side. But I'm not a beer drinker anyway, yeah. so I would have um, taken um, maybe a glass of wine and it would not have been green either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, people just, you know, have all these, you know, celebrations and then, you know, this, and I don't know, you know, what's, you know, in store. Um, I think a little bit more, you know, people are doing a little bit more because they're doing more, a little bit more gatherings, even if it's just an intimate gathering of small you know, groups. I don't think people understand the depth of, you mentioned about maybe having a glass of wine. Um, I don't think people even understand the depth and knowledge of, there's a book out there called A Kingdom of Wine, uh -huh. written by Dr. Ted Murphy, who's from Cork, which is where I'm from in Ireland. Okay. And it won the Gourmand Award for the best book ever written in English on wine history. And it's all about the Irish and the wine business. So places, people, and things you don't know about, which is what I do in, in my You're show, in my business, right. which is all about. Um, so if you think about cognac, everybody yeah. knows cognac, right? Right. Richard Hennessy is from Cork and he fled Ireland when we were being occupied by the British and settled in France and he settled in cognac and he started a little business called Hennessy Brandy. Uh -huh. So Hennessy's cognac is Richard Hennessy from Cork, the River Blackwater. That home, his family home, was bought by Michael Flatley, who we all know from Riverdance, yes. the lead dancer. Yes. So that stately home, you know, 
and there's all these connections. And did you know that we're, uh, there's a connection with the White House with Ireland? I did not. Right. And I don't mean because of presidents. Um, when George Washington was building the White House, which was not called the White House back then, they were building the um, home of the president or the president's residence. Um, the architect at the time, he fell out with him. I do not know what the, the fallout was over, but they did fall out. So he got rid of him. Um, he decided uh, or realized he needed a new architect. So they put it out for tender. It was almost a, a little competition to see who would come up with a good plan for a new uh, residence for the president. The gentleman that was awarded the contract who won was a gentleman by the name of James Hoban. And James Hoban is from Kilkenny in Ireland. Oh, wow. So it was an Irishman that actually built the White House. An interesting fact. Yes. <laughs> he had also built um, a beautiful building in Charleston. It was the uh, the country, the uh, courthouse building in Charleston. Um, so beautiful. A, a lot of connections with um, Ireland, Irish people and, and things that people don't associate with. So oh, there's okay. a little tidbit for you about the White House. Yes. So to go back to St. Patrick's Day uh, and the food, I think Irish food gets a bad rap because if you look at the internet, look at all the images, if you were to Google Irish food, yeah. all the images that come up are mashed potatoes and sausages and just stodge and the visual things are terrible. Right. I'm going to challenge everybody to do this, to go to Instagram okay. and put in the hashtag, this is Irish food. Okay. Which is a movement in Ireland, which I strongly believe they should be adding the hashtag Irish food as well, because people are searching for Irish food. Right. But when you see what Irish food looks like, because I didn't grow up in corned beef and cabbage and mashed potatoes and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, it was, um, what is Irish food? It is fresh fish from the sea. It is grass fed cattle. That's all I knew. My father and mother bought the fish from the fish market every Friday. You know, all of our cattle are grass fed. Um, incredible salmon. We are a nation who loves to bake. So everything, you know, from apples and blackberry pies and all of, you know, an awful lot of baking. Um, we create some of the best um, craft beers and gins in the world that people don't realize. Um, so our food is not what you think, right? which is why I take people with me. We go on these great trips. You'd be great fun <laughs> of one. Yes. I do these girls trips. Oh, I'm there. Honestly, <laughs> yes, so I took, I've taken a lot of group of girls from Dallas and we've gone over and we've, we stay in castles and that, but we go out on the beaches and we go foraging for seaweed and you learn about the nutritional value and how to cook with it. Like oh. we'll do a gazebo on the rocks and do tastings with peat smoke, like Connemara peat smoked whiskey. Oh, wow. And, you know, seaweed and Alaria, butternut squash soups and all of these things. And then we'll do the luxury side of the yes. castles and everything. But you'll, go, you'll learn about farmhouse cheeses, but not in a in a boring way. But I want to take people out and to feel it. it. Get your yes. welly boots yes. on. Yes. You know, get your raincoats oh, on I'm and go. Oh, and I love to hear that, you know, it's not, I will say, I'm, I'm, I don't eat beef. And um, so corned beef and cabbage is never on my <laughs> on my uh, menu. So um, I but I am all about the fresh, you know, the fresh seafoods and you know. Fresh we vegetables. don't do as much. You see, that's the thing. We oh, don't fish. do stodge, oh. and I like that okay. because whenever I go back to Ireland, I'm sorry to say this, but I always feel better when I go home when I go back to Ireland mm -hmm. because I eat so well. Our portions are still smaller, and our food is clean. And yeah. what I mean by that is. Um, 
I will have smoked salmon, let's say, or fresh salmon. I will have beautiful salads. Our salads are so colorful with edible flowers and, you know, all, all of our lettuces have different flavors. When you eat a strawberry in Ireland, just a strawberry, it tastes like a strawberry. Uh, Unfortunately, nowadays you eat a strawberry, it looks like a strawberry, but it doesn't taste like a strawberry. Yeah. And we eat in season. And, and, and that's a big, big thing. We're still one of the last um, sustainable countries left in the world. You know, unfortunately, I don't know if you know, but 90% of American corn is genetically modified. 90% is an awful wow. lot. That is. Um, and so I don't want to get into that whole yeah. food thing, but our food ethos is world class. Our ingredients are incredible. And I challenge anybody. I use all the time. I, have you ever come across Kerrygold butter? Yes. Oh, that is in my pantry. Oh, not my my refrigerator. My kids love that. It's their favorite. <laughs> have you ever noticed the color when you open it up? It, yeah. It's yellow. Yeah. It's gold. Yeah. That's actually because the cattle in Ireland are grass fed. So the cattle roam around, they walk the fields and they're eating heathers and buttercups and daisies and everything. From that, they're getting the naturally occurring beta carotene. That is then coming through into the milk and that's why that butter is a yellow golden color. So you're getting, that's why I, I see functional medicine doctors mm -hmm. for my autoimmune issues, which has been cured by the way from food. And one of the things they tell me is not to eat dairy, but I'm to eat, I can eat grass fed. Okay. So you can have, because anything that's grass fed, they're getting all the macronutrients and micronutrients from all of the plants into your products. So that's why something like and, and Kerrygold has that lovely gold color. color. But I challenge you to bake with it. It's it, the unsalted to bake with. Yes. It's the best. So I have, I will say my youngest is a little inspiring um, chef. And so we have, and he loves to, he'll request what he wants. Um, it is not um, the cheaper, <laughs> it's no. a little bit more expensive. Than, yeah. uh, but, and what you get for that is not very much, <laughs> but it is, it's good. Well, it's I buy really mine, good. you can buy it in Costco. Okay. You buy, you know, four in a yeah. box for $9. Oh, then that's, yeah. Which is great, great, but it sells in Walmart, Tom Thumb, oh, Trader yeah, Joe's, stores. everywhere. Yes. And there's salted and unsalted. Yes. Now the unsalted is what I bake with. Yeah, we usually do. Here's a little tidbit. I actually did do a segment. I was Martha Stewart's guest for St. Patrick's oh. Day a few year, oh. quite a few years back. And I made traditional Irish butter shortbreads. Oh. So if you want that recipe, yes. I need to get you the link, oh. but it's still there online. She still has it on there because it's so popular. And it, I'm making these shortbreads with this unsalted butter. Oh, yummy. Oh. And they're so, you know, once you know how to make them properly, they're so tasty. So again, going back to a nod to Irish baking and love of Irish ingredients and how we cook and bake. It's definitely different because I think our Americans, you know, if you, well, and I would say even when you go to Europe, you know, you have a normal portion. American, it's like five of those portions. And we just are so accustomed to so big portions and, and a lot of food, you know, a lot of carbs. Yes. Um, where I'm all about the more fresh, um, yeah. you know, the fresh looking. Well, the food is one part. And then the other part of Ireland too that people don't think about is we are a nation of, you know, talk about outdoor sports. Oh. I mean, hiking, surfing. Who would have thought of surfing in Ireland? No, you would never think. World that. Surfing Championships up on the, if you go up into the kind of the West Coast, Northwest Coast oh. of Ireland, Donegal down into Sligo, you talk about catching a wave there. Most incredible surfing in the world there. Um, a lot of things like um, canoeing. Oh. 
paddling. You know, I do an awful lot of that um, when I'm over there. You know, you can go canoeing around these fabulous holy islands with the round towers and yeah. the mist is coming in and um, very much experiences, you know, very much outdoor healthy. And then you feel like you've kind of earned your your dinner. You did. <laughs> Hiking, you know, going on walks. Biking is huge in Ireland. You know, we we have well, we have the land, we have the we have the height and the you know undulation for it all. And then, of course, the other thing that's really huge in Ireland was big, but it's even bigger right now during lockdown, which is sea swimming. Oh. Just swimming in the sea. I swim in the ocean every time I'm over there now. For especially Texans, they go over there, even if it was you know 70 degrees, yeah. they'd probably find that cold. But the idea is to go in because you've got all this, you know, you've got seaweed, you got minerals, right. and you're swimming and you get out. Even when it's really cold, you feel incredible because there's this movement for cold water swimming for your health. I don't right. know if you've seen yeah. it. So Irish people swim and they go in groups in the morning and they go for a swim, they all get out, they have their towels on and their robes, even if it's December, yeah. and they have flasks of tea and coffee and soup. And it's, it's a very community-based thing too. I have just learned so much. I, I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love that you know, we were able to bring all this you know, great information about Ireland yeah. uh, to the viewers, um, especially on today's St. Patrick's Day. And I know a lot of the viewers, you know, they're wanting to Oh, I'm so interested. I want to find more about, you know, Ireland. Yes. Um, well, you can go to Rachel's um, podcast um, and her blog. Yeah. And we'll have that posted at the bottom. And um, so you can, you know, check out. She's got so, so many wonderful, wonderful um, things to talk about and more um, elaborated of what she's been talking here uh, today. So thank Absolutely. You so oh, you're much. welcome. Do you want me to tell you how to say um, cheers in Irish? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> So in Irish, it's Schleunte. Schleunte. So it's S-L-A, Father I-N-T-E, which means your good health. Okay. So when we raise a glass to each other in Ireland, we always say Schleunte. Schleunte. I love it. <laughs> Schleunte. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to contact Kimberly with your real estate needs, you can reach her at KimberlyWoodard.ebby.com. We hope you enjoyed our guest this week. And remember, don't just love your home, love your community. <laughs>